Alrighty then, welcome back to the best Tuesday you've had all week, and this, your favorite show of the week, it's gotta be, right? It's the True Wealth Radio Show, and I'm your host, Dave Littlejohn, in studio today with me, Matt Dixon. And we have got a show that we actually prepped for. Over pizza, nonetheless. Prep over pizza. Mm -hmm. I feel like that's... uh, Interestingly enough, uh, oh, I guess that's pop. Prep over pizza. You know, it's the first time that I've had a hand cramp in a minute. It's true. I was like scribbling the, notes. The for notes like... were flying. Mm-hmm. And I have to give Matt like mad pop props for yeah. that, right? Pizza. Get a frozen uh, bag of pizza. Preparation over pizza hand props. Yeah. Uh, we're going to talk about gold today. Yeah. Right? We were just How did we even get to up, that point? We're going to straight up come out at it. Uh, I've heard so many ads for, hey, you should get a gold IRA. Well, and, and it follows uh, it follows us into this show, right? It chases us around. We've had clients that have come in and said, hey, what do you think about gold? We're, we're fielding this question a lot. Mm-hmm. Hey, what's the story on gold? So it's clearly on people's minds. I think it's time that we just come right at it and have the conversation. But... I gotta, I gotta lay the groundwork a little bit here. Okay. Why is the talk about gold amping up so much? Like, well, why do you think it is? There's a panic. There's a fear, right? The, yes. There's this kind of feeling that the world has gotten scary, and I don't know if it's fear mongering or what it is, but when people are scared, there's always a salesman that's ready to sell you something, right? Oh, right. I mean, it it seems like that is the the mechanism, right? It's that. Uh, you're either seeking pleasure or avoiding pain and when you're scared it's like hey i'm that's a perception mm-hmm. of pain so we got to be careful right right well there you go uh and so, we've seen the world shift a little bit I yeah mean, we have uh, i and, look back two years ago and things were much different than they are today right I, like i, I kind of roll it back a little further to me everything started getting janky late 2019 the mm-hmm. the the rumors about COVID start showing up. By 2020, they start getting loud, and then we go into lockdown. And from that point forward, it seems like pure chaos. Pure chaos. Mm-hmm. And, you know, it was the. Uh, it, it started with fear, then it turned into sort of factions, right? Mm-hmm. And and then separation it became of the yeah. the the different levels of fear, and then it became kind of a, a factions of distrust. Mm-hmm. And so you started seeing a breakdown. I, I'm just kind of making this is my vantage point, right? But it seems like there was distrust in the uh, government leadership. Well, government, yeah, yeah, leadership specifically, and it's kind of below that government in general because there was there was some heavy-handed stuff, right? You know, you had uh, governing bodies that were shutting down certain organizations. They were compelling certain behaviors. Then we had the vaccine mandates and so mm-hmm. forth. So there was a lot going on in the ecosystem and then you kind of fast forward to where we are today and now we're seeing multiple wars right we have a right. war We've in ukraine. ukraine for well over a year now mm-hmm. and now israel right. right and hamas and they're going at it in the middle east and it's terribly destabilizing mm-hmm. and uh let's depending on where you're at right everybody's got a, a little different take and i it's like we bring our baggage with our perception mm-hmm. right that lens that you're looking well, through they like to talk about but that baggage regardless has led to feelings of instability mm-hmm. factions and we felt the instability in the markets a little bit right? right we've had some ups and downs and then folks start when we talk about fear great acronym for this right future events appear real mm. fear and so folks start thinking well what if and I've had everything from, what if we're in World War III? You know, mm-hmm. what if it's the end of the world? And and these are they're actually good questions in a sense because they go, what if, then what? 
right? That's the next question. Then what? Right. And so what if you're saying like, this. what if we actually are experiencing World War Three? Like what then? Right. I mean, there's yeah. always the question of what if you're right? What if the end of the world comes? Then what? Mm -hmm. Okay. And so we can we can talk a little bit about what what if. Right. Okay. But I also want us to frame this up, right? Because let's be honest, all of you guys out there in one form or another, you have to decide what to trust. We're going to do our best to be transparent when mm -hmm. we talk about this stuff, to give some historical context. And we're going to try to be pragmatic about this too. Now, pragmatic is just the idea that uh, there are things that we can't control. And there are things that you have to say, well, whether it happens or not, then what? So we're mm -hmm. going to take a, a look at just the, okay, well, here's how the chips fall. Because some of it we also have to recognize, it may be out beyond our control, mm -hmm. right? Like there's a lot of events that are just bigger than us. So, you know, you can work within your sphere of influence, but I don't know that we have a direct pull on D.C. Yes, you can vote, but between now and the voting, there's going to be a lot of things that happen. And I don't know that you're going to directly influence tax policy. Maybe you have that kind of pull. I'm just going to be surprised. Okay, so we have to look at the parts that we can play and the behaviors that we can control, right? So we're going to talk about today, that today, and we'll, we'll, you know, gold is on the list. You just you again, we hear about it, so let's break it out here. But but first, what are some of the things that you think are leading to this gold bug, if you will? You this, know, this, these questions about of, gold. I think some of it stems in, we've talked about it briefly about fear, right? Mm -hmm. And where is that really coming from? I think about, you know, going back in time, a lot of people would turn the TV on and trust what they heard over right. the news, right? The news was just reporting the news and things have changed. And now people don't trust the news quite the way that they did. And so that's one of those areas where I think people are, feeling some mistrust. And I think that might be where some of this fear that you're talking about is coming from. Okay. So we've got some trust issues where, mm -hmm. uh, especially if you get news that you don't trust and, and you're like, well, is it real? Is all of it real? Is none right. of it real? Is some of it real? And I have to read. Right. And lines? I think that's why all these conspiracy theories that we're seeing mm -hmm. blow up and get bigger and bigger are happening because people start making their own news. Well, to the narrative the, that they the believe, thing, right? Mm -hmm. The problem with a lot of conspiracy theories is they kind of fit the data. Sure. Okay. But that doesn't make them real. Right. And again, pragmatically, even if they are real, then what? Mm -hmm. Okay. So we have to ask ourselves these questions. Then what? Okay. Right. So some of the things that we talked about that are leading to fear, the wars, okay? mm -hmm. historic, like generationally high inflation rates. That we can't understate that one enough. Right. I mean, like yeah. it's real. You're feeling it at the gas pump, at the grocery store. I mean, it hasn't uh, been those like that this are in the rental environment. Yeah. Right. So, yeah, it's expensive. OK, mm -hmm. uh, we've talked about how about just the recent behavior within uh, particularly our federal government. Oh, right. We don't even have a speaker of the House right now. Mm hmm. Right. Because of the turmoil within the Republican majority. But right. that breakdown that's led to uh, very unclear leadership in the air quotes majority. And how how destabilizing well, does that look to the American public? And we talked about it a little bit during our investment meeting today. We were talking about, you know, people are talking about a government shutdown potentially. Yeah. No, that's I mean, very real. So we ha there is concern on that front. We've printed a lot of money. Mm -hmm. We might have a shutdown. 
you just said it, we don't have a Speaker of the House. There's a lot of things on the government level that are in just naturally breeding fear. Yep. And so that, again, it's a trust issue. Okay. Mm-hmm. When, when leadership is fractured, folks are not sure where to look. I think one of the big pieces is, you know, you talk with a lot of people in this industry. People are concerned because they're retiring and now there's heavy inflation, which means their purchasing power is diminished. Yeah, Yeah. it's degrading. And so, you know, you got people looking at this and saying, well, the markets have had a little bit of turmoil. Do I just go get into CDs and sit on the sideline? Do I stay invested in the market? Uh, Do I I go to gold? Yeah, there are topic of the day. Right. mm -hmm. So there's a lot of contradicting thoughts out there. Not that any of them are necessarily more right or wrong than the other, but people want to know what to do because they're scared. Yeah. Well, let's acknowledge a very real backdrop. Okay. When inflation is high and the stock market is sputtering Mm -hmm. and you're going into retirement and faced with the idea of going toward a fixed income scenario and you're looking at this and thinking, how can I preserve my retirement like mm-hmm. i want to stay retired and i'm worried that not only when I, I can't afford what i used to but my nest egg is shrinking mm-hmm. so what do i do and then you look around and we've had now for more than a decade really low interest rates and all of a sudden cds show up at you know five five and a half percent and it's it's like hey i can stop the bleeding and do that and so is that the right strategy mm-hmm. okay I think that's a real question to be addressed here. I think it falls under the fear scenario, and we need to break that apart a little bit today. I agree. But, but again, I think it all goes around that context. And so since this is a show about gold, I want it. We're going to keep bringing that as a theme back to it because some people see gold as a solve, mm-hmm. right? So we're going to talk about why is it seen as a solve? Yeah. Okay. But in order to really get a feel for this, I think we need to lay some groundwork for what exactly... Give me, give me an example of some groundwork that we need to establish before having this conversation. Okay, so let's talk about why gold emerged in the first place. Okay. Right? Then let's talk about how it, it became sort of a, a cornerstone of the, the modern financial system, and then how it has sort of, in the last few decades, right, I guess really in the 1970s, how we took a hard turn away from gold and it sort of changed its position in the in the global economic system mm-hmm. didn't eliminate its position but it changed it right and so the role that gold has played historically up until now has evolved so it it rep, it does some you're, stuff different than it yeah, used to you're do. saying it's not the same as it used to be many moons ago well i'm just saying that i think gold the, the beauty of gold is that it hasn't changed, mm-hmm. but the system itself has. Right. That's why we need to look at where it fits in the system and what role it plays. And so you may be surprised to hear me say out of the gate, it may actually play a role. This isn't the We Hate Gold show today. Mm-hmm. That's not what's going to happen. But this is a we need more context. Like to make where good could it decisions. be appropriate? Yes. How could it be appropriate? And why could it be appropriate? But also, 
what are some pitfalls maybe yes we need to look at the entire picture of this that like anything there are pros and there are cons Mm -hmm. okay so we're going to try to unpack that so we're going to educate people this is what we always do yeah right that is our goal is to educate we want to entertain a little bit but we want to do this with great context so but in order to educate them do we need to take an obscene profit break so we don't need to but we must oh how about that we're gonna take a break when we come back let's we're gonna get into the the nuts and bolts what what role might gold play for you as an investor that Mm -hmm. and more stick around we'll be right back this is dave littlejohn and matt dixon and you got true wealth on news radio 93.9 fm and 1240 kqe i'm not no i'm not but I'll, I'll tell you where that stat came from. All right, welcome back to the True Wealth Radio Show. Uh, I'm your host, Dave Littlejohn, in studio today with me. Matt Dixon. And today we're talking about gold, right? Yeah. If you're just joining us, you can grab the rest of the show. Uh, is available on podcast. Check it out tomorrow, uh, littlejohnfs.com, or subscribe on your favorite podcast resource, uh, and you get the weekly podcast updated. It's uh, True Wealth I, Show. I feel like people should go to our website and check things out because there's some bloopers and stuff behind the scenes that you might yeah. have missed while while we're on commercial break. We're yeah, having some fun yeah, conversations. We do. You get some of the stuff in between the show. So Matt's teasing with me. So here we are talking about gold. I got this really weird statistic. It's a little old, and I'd have to go fact check where it came from. But we did a show. Uh, I was with another group, and this is probably seven, eight years ago. But we talked about gold. Here's an interesting stat. If you took all the gold in the world and uh, pulled it together, it's about enough to fill two Olympic swimming pools. That just seems like there would be more. Yeah, well, and then you, you got to think. think, well, how big's the Olympic pool? But yeah. it's still, uh, it's not massive quantities. Yeah. You, know, you think, oh, Fort Knox, that's going to be, it's the Scrooge I McDuck guess, money bin of the, and yeah. like, well, not really. I guess in its molten state, right it really shrinks down so it would make sense well and this is relevant to this part of the show consider that not all gold is pure right Mm. 24 karat gold versus 10 karat gold how 10 karat gold has other metals mixed in with it right okay it changes the luster and it changes the hardness Hmm. okay this was really important because the reasons that we have gold let's talk a little bit about how did gold even become relevant yeah i want the history i want I want the lesson, so I'm gonna sit down and I'm gonna. Well, it's. I'm gonna it's, learn. I'm I, I'm not like a historian about gold. There are gonna be you know anthropological pieces of evidence and so forth, but we know it goes back a long time, mm-hmm. right? I mean, there's references in gold um, coins, like it was minted. Right, but yeah. I mean, there's biblical references that are thousands of years old. Right, right? I mean, it's been around f- for recorded history, mm-hmm. and if you consider the pathway toward modern day currency which is now a lot of it's digital, right? But the pathway started, if you wanted to exchange value, right? It was, you were trading for things. Mm -hmm. So you would would trade, you know, oh, you help me with the field, you get part of the harvest, mm -hmm. right? So that was how you could be paid. The bartering system just- The the bartering system, but it evolved to, uh, you know, my joke earlier is it's hard to carry a bunch of beaver pelts with you. (laughs) I like that analogy. (laughs) Like, hey, I need food, and, I, and, and you need beaver pelts, okay, I'll trade you. Mm-hmm. But it's not exactly a convenient ex- method of exchange. And it's not exactly So convenient. we sought to become more convenient. And it's right. true, though, because think about it. Fast forward to where we are today. You can wave your phone over a screen, and boom, you get your item. Yeah, so basically we were looking for ways to 
store the value in a convenient and portable medium. Mm-hmm. And so there's where currency starts to show up. And you know, it, it started with just higher value, rare things. You know, maybe it became gems or stones and whatnot. And then you had governments that started doing things like creating coins. Mm-hmm. Uh, but the issue that you'd run into is counterfeiting. counterfeiting. Yeah. Right? So counterfeiting was a, an, an area where you could destabilize the currency or you could fake it. Mm-hmm. And th- then you're basically ripping folks off. So you have this problem with counterfeiting and how do you authenticate things. Sure. Gold, it turns out, is very scarce, and it's very difficult to counterfeit, Mm -hmm. right? I I believe that it can be scientifically created in a lab, but I think the cost to create it is more than it's worth, right? It takes more energy input and more cost than the gold is worth. So it doesn't make sense to try to do that. Hmm. And, and I'm not even certain that's true, but it, you know, it seems like in physics and chemistry, they're like, well, if you could you know, add enough energy and cram these things together, you're supposed to be able to make gold. Whatever. I digress. The, the idea, though, is that gold, it's relatively small, mm-hmm. dense, so therefore portable. And because of its scarcity and its difficulty to counterfeit, it's a pretty useful medium of exchange. And so that's where it enters into the economic system. And then as the banking system begins to proliferate back in the really 1800s in the United States, uh, you see gold being stored in banks and in banks. Like as the exchange for the paper currency. Think about it like it, it lives in a vault somewhere and the bank protects it. And then you have a paper certificate authenticating that that gold belongs to you Mm -hmm. and that you could assign it to somebody else, and you can see how paper money starts to find its way into existence. Right. Fast forward to the United States and that economic like the, system. Like Nixon in the 70s? Is that where? Well, are we fast forwarding that we're far? We're not necessarily that far, but we're, we're looking into like even the Great Depression era and so mm-hmm. forth. And, and you're seeing that the United States as a government starts to use gold as the uh, collateral for issuing U.S. currency. Okay. Okay. It's not until the 1970s, and this is why it's really relevant, is that Nixon takes the U.S. off the gold standard. And there's a number of reasons for that, and it's somewhat debated by historians. So the dollars at that point are no longer backed by the physical gold. It used to be that the federal government had physical assets backing up the dollars that were being printed, Mm -hmm. much of them held at Fort Knox, and that uh, we saw international buyers of gold, and it became an issue where gold was sort of going out the door. And we weren't sure that we were going to be able to sustain that. So you get off the gold standard. Right. Uh, that also kind of entered us into the era of the modern day central banking system and the central bank creating or uh, either expanding or contracting the currency system. We're, we're still playing that out to this day. Uh, a lot of people are unhappy with it, uh, thinking we should go back to the gold standard. Is that even possible at this point? You know, so. Like- so, We've printed so much yeah. money. <laughs> so you think possible versus probable. Right. Okay? They're, they're, I mean, they're not the same thing. Is it possible? Uh, well, sure. Because uh, I feel like, like that's... Massive a, amounts of pain. Yeah. I feel like that's almost just a gimmick that the person that's trying to sell you gold would say, right? Like, sure. well, what if sure. what if we go back to the, the gold standard? Then the 
value of the gold is going to go through the roof. Well, yeah. I mean, it has to go up by what? You know, 75 fold or something like right. that. Because there's just not enough gold in existence to back that, to back much, that money. much currency. Right. That's right? the problem. And so therein lies the issue is the system is so leveraged right now that there's not enough gold in existence to do it, which means the gold itself has to get radically revalued. Mm-hmm. Um, that that plays havoc on the global financial system. Exactly. So I don't think it's really a tenable solution. It would destabilize and that's why the all is like, currency. Mm. Yeah. Uh, and but, but but this is this is probably a good chance to hit. This is the first moment where we have to have this sort of reality check and go. When people say, "Well, yeah, but if we had a world war, this, that, and the other, gold's coming back." I would argue that and say. You know, David, well, I'll ask you, if you had a bunch of cattle and I had a handful of gold and the world is really, really in poor shape, are you going to take my gold and give me one of your cows? But you can't eat my gold, can you? Right. So this is the pragmatic part. This is the part that I say for the end of the world. Mm-hmm. Okay. And I'm going to reference for a minute uh, the the... I guess the Confederacy. Okay. okay. So the Confederacy, after it fell, had been printing its own currency, and that currency was pretty useless. Mm-hmm. Uh, had you had gold, it would have still worked because there were still systems that were utilizing it. Okay. But the goods and services that were still available in the Confederate territories, as they were repatriated back into the United States at large, ultimately get repriced back into dollars. Okay. And it takes a while and it's not without issue, but things like art and tangible goods found their way back into the financial system and, and were restored with value over a, a, enough time. Okay. The Confederate dollars themselves, other than as a collector's item today, we became useless. Mm-hmm. Well, if you have a global collapse of the financial system, then what's to say that gold becomes the issue? Mm-hmm. Right. Because I think the first order will be the ability to defend your stuff. Right. Okay, so you you will be back into a feudal system. Okay? Yeah. If you know what that means, that was like knights and castles, mm-hmm. and you know the knights were their own little gangs. Like that's kind of what it worked like. Is oh, we get some people together, and they produce enough food and whatnot to to feed that group, and then you create a a gang of folks that are going to protect that group. Mm-hmm. And the group produces. They kind of pay their homage to the. The knights and the knights protect them, and they are the ones that go out to do the battling. That's a feudal system, and that would make more sense to me than stockpiling gold. So I always joke that you're really talking about the guns and whiskey trade, right? Things that are fungible and tradable and useful at the end of the world. Mm -hmm. And for the preppers out there that are here like, hell yeah, I'm like, well, okay. If you (laughs) really are committed to the end of the world, that's your trade, okay? But if the end of the world doesn't happen, then what? That's the main question, right? <laughs> then what? Then what did you miss out on is what well, I would say. And that's say. the thing, the opportunity cost of betting the farm. Mm-hmm. Okay, Of course, we've, we've talked about this on this program before. Provided that they are not made illegal, firearms have historically held their value pretty well. And I'm not advocating that you invest in firearms. I'm just saying that historically, if they're well taken care of, they tend to preserve value and go up with inflation. Mm-hmm. So... Uh, there's your prepper justification, especially in our neck of the woods. There's a few guys that are like, I think he just said buy guns. <laughs> uh, you can read into that whatever you need Go to. Go back. I don't think yeah. they said it that way. Play the podcast back and then bring that to your wife and be like, honey, see, I was right all along. <laughs> yeah, and, and so what I'm going to say is 
hey, uh, this is not individual advice on this no. program. We're talking generics here, and our lawyers make sure we tell you that all the time. <laughs> Always check the numbers for context and timing. <laughs> <laughs> All right, but there you go. So that's the history up until what happens in the 1970s. We break away from the gold standard, mm-hmm. and now we're using dollars. And the problem is I don't think we can get repatriated back into the gold standard. Mm-hmm. I mean, like, I just think that ship has sailed. The weird thing that I kind of think about is, does gold actually have like an intrinsic value to it on, on this scale of, like, is it, is it really useful, maybe compared to something like silver, right? Like silver we use all the time. Silver has broader industrial application, but yeah. gold does have industrial application. Right. Right. But it's, it's really good in electronics. It's a fantastic conductor. Um, it, you know, it, it's got strange medical uses because a lot of people, um, they don't have allergic reactions to it and so forth. So there, there are um, attractive metallurgical properties to it. Uh, so it, it's not without use. Okay. And, and, if you were like a Robert Kiyosaki fan, right? He's the guy that wrote Rich Dad, Poor Dad. Mm-hmm. And he talks about it being the king's money because it's usually you don't have a global financial collapse. And so all these independent currencies of all these different countries mostly agree that gold has value. Mm-hmm. And so there's a certain amount of because everybody believes it to have value, it continues to have value. Right. Right. I just think if we had like a complete global reset of everything, it's not guaranteed that it will be gold, mm-hmm. right? It right. likely becomes gold again because of what it is. But it's but not a guarantee. It's not, there, there's, there's just not guarantees. Mm-hmm. And so I don't find this to be a pragmatic discussion of gold, though. Like, if we're talking about Mad Max, mm-hmm. again, you need to talk about how to fortify your keep, okay? <laughs> and you need to talk about where you're going to get food. Gold is not your problem. Right. Okay? So let's try to. I like that you set the tone, though. Like that—that's going to be really useful um, when we continue this conversation because we're going to unpack a lot of other stuff. Yeah. So let's talk. I mean, we do. We should pivot away from like. So we know the history of gold. We know why it's valuable, but we need to talk about like. Why are you being sold the gold? Yeah. Might there be reasons that gold is relevant? Mm -hmm. Right. And and what I will tell you is yes. There are, right? There are some real reasons that gold is relevant. And again, this is not the bash on gold show. This is also not the apologize for gold to the point of like, it's Pollyanna. It's the best thing ever. Right. right. We need to take a real this fair eyes look. Open. Yeah. It's an asset class. And we're going to talk about it. But first, speaking of gold, we got to make some for this station. So, yep, that's it. We're going to take <laughs> another profit break. Maybe that will be converted to gold at some point. I don't know. Stick around, we'll be right back. I'm Dave Littlejohn. And Matt Dixon. And you got True Wealth on News Radio 99 FM and 1240 KQEN. Hey, gang, welcome back to the True Wealth Radio Show. I'm Dave Littlejohn. In studio today with me is Matt Dixon. Matt, what are we talking about well, today? We're actually entering kind of the home stretch here. We're on the second half of the show, and we're talking about gold. And we're not really giving investment advice per se, but we're saying, you know, you know, why would you buy gold? Maybe why wouldn't you buy gold? How do you buy it? And yeah. well, when is it appropriate? Yeah, all about yeah. gold today. It's, about it's the, history. the gold show. Yeah, it's because I'm just over this. We hear about it all the time. Hey, you should get gold for it's on the radio. It's on YouTube. People are pushing it. Mm-hmm. Well, so, yeah. So first, uh, you need to know something about uh, retirement accounts, IRA specifically. Okay. okay. 
that you IRAs are not supposed to own things like insurance. Okay, like life insurance. Right. IRAs don't own life insurance. They can okay. be in like an annuity product or something. And then um, you're not supposed to be investing in collectibles necessarily like. that include um, their prohibited transactions, right? So uh, it's usually like artwork and, and uh, coins and stamps and stuff like that. Uh, but there are ways to potentially buy some of those things. Gold is one of those things, mm-hmm. right? And it's weird, though. Like if you go to most investment shops, they don't typically allow you to buy and hold gold in an IRA, especially mm-hmm. physical gold. Physical gold, okay. yeah. You could probably buy some sort of exchange traded fund that. Yeah, you can buy a proxy for gold. Mm-hmm. That's pretty easy to do. Hey, I'd like to buy something that mirrors the value of gold. Right. But it's not physical gold that you could like no. go and put in your pocket. Nope. Okay. Let's talk a little bit about this because the physical gold is what most people talk about when they say, look, I have trust issues mm-hmm. or fear issues, and therefore I just want some of this to be physically able to like put in a safe at home or whatnot. That, by the way, uh, you can do that outside of your retirement plan. You mm-hmm. just have cash and you want to convert it to gold and go bury it in the backyard. You can do that. Okay? You know, yeah. But retirement plans are different, and I, I just want to address this more directly because we hear oftentimes that, hey, call such and such company and get a gold IRA. Yeah. Okay? Uh, and here are some of the things that I want you all to be aware of. First, you need to look into the fees associated with this. Absolutely. Okay? Because they're, and they're, the fees can show up in lots of ways. They're not going to do this if they're not making money. Right. So, one, look at the custodial fee. If there's somebody physically holding gold, what are they charging mm-hmm. to, to warehouse it? Right. There's overhead now. Yeah. Yeah. Like they need a facility a... and they need a guarded facility more than likely. So there's security and there's other elements at play. Well, that brings into question on my end. I, can I go actually get access to it? Or how secure is the building? Because what if it's robbed and all my? I mean, is it insured if it's robbed? There's so many question marks yeah, there. And and well, I don't have the answer. These are good questions. Right. Right. And then consider that if it is in a, a retirement plan, no, you can't go. I mean, like you might be able to show up, see it or even like, hey, you know, you can go pick up a gold bar that's earmarked for you. But you can't leave with it mm-hmm. because you can't have constructive receipt of the funds or that's considered a distribution and it's taxable. Mm-hmm. So, so then you better you start melting that issues. gold down. <laughs> you got other issues with it. Hey, you have physical gold in an IRA and, and but you're not supposed to take possession of it or. And if there's ways around it, I would say you better be careful because the IRS is going to look at that. Okay? Mm-hmm. But yeah, you got overhead for security and whatnot. Here's another thing. What does it cost you to acquire the gold or ultimately sell the gold? Right. Like, are they going to, I mean, what they're going to give you for it, is that the fair market value? Exactly. I and mean, what, what is the, the, compensation structure are they are you being charged a commission for a purchase here would be a fun experiment okay let's okay. let's go to the pawn shop uh, the pawn shop and we're gonna go in we're gonna buy a piece of gold and then we're gonna turn around and we're gonna say you know what I bought this but now I don't really want it I'd like to sell it back to you right do you think they're just gonna give you your money right back yeah, one for I walk one out of the store yeah <laughs> Like, I, I mean, bought $50 of gold. Am I going to get 50 back if I try and sell it to yeah, him? You, yeah, likely no. No. Okay. Here's the other issue. If you're going to get into official territory, you're not in retirement plans necessarily, but you're officially going to take possession of gold. 
then you want some form of certification to know that it's authentic. Like a record. Not just a record. Mm -hmm. You may want like a test. Oh, you're saying what if they sell you gold that's not 100% yeah, pure? Counterfeit gold. Or, oh, it's 24 karat gold. No, it's 20. It's, you know, it's mixed with brass or something like yeah. that. Yeah. So there are metallurgical tests, things like density tests and whatnot, to verify the purity of your gold. Mm -hmm. Okay. But that's, that's part of it is that it needs to be verified. And there, that, that there's a cost associated with that. And not only that, if you want to sell it again later, somebody may require re-verification. So it happens on both ends so of the transaction. So now you're paying, you're paying the, yeah. Or, or the next person's paying for it. Sure. But that is all fiscal drag, right? It's mm -hmm. costs associated with gold. Right. So these are things that a lot of folks may not realize is that the, the cost of storage, um, when it's in a retirement plan, there's additional reporting. There's costs for that reporting. Mm -hmm. When it comes to authentication, there can be costs for that. Right. So, so this is not. It's not as simple as you just go buy it and put it in your pocket at home. Right. And the other is, how do you know what the spot price of gold is? Mm -hmm. right? It may be reported, but again, you're getting it from somebody's inventory and you have to know what are their fees associated with buying or selling. Right. They have to make a profit. So I think that there are a number of considerations when it comes to gold just the physical mechanics of it. Mm -hmm. okay? Storing it, I feel like, is a, mm -hmm. a tricky one because people can break into a safe, and even if you are paying to have it stored in a vault, you know, w what if the company was to go bankrupt or their records were to be stolen somehow, and then you're like, hey, I have 200 ounces of gold in this vault here, right. and they're like, well, our records are gone, and so we have no way to verify that. I mean, it's a long shot, I get it. But it's just one of those concerns. Yeah. Well, and, and I would I suggest would the reason I'm not super worried about that one is because I think it falls under the same category as all securities records, too. Right. Mm -hmm. um, I, I, this is sort of a joke, but it's like if the ending of Fight Club played out. Right. If you don't know the movie, I'm not saying you need to go watch it. But just um, the, the idea would be what if there was a complete wiping of all financial records? Wow. Then. You know, hey, you're, if your gold's held somewhere else, you're out of luck. Mm -hmm. But so are all of your investments, right? Yeah. We don't know who owns it anymore. Like all the title was just destroyed for everything. Pun intended. You can always, you know, argue the other side of the coin. Well, <laughs> yeah. that's the point: is that if the system's wiped out, then what? Right? We're back mm -hmm. into the then what category. It's like, well, then it's Mad Max. It's like a disaster. Right. Uh, the, the only difference being the infrastructure is probably still in existence. Right? So like we still have roads and we still have power delivery and so forth in theory. Mm -hmm. But um, who knows? So there are scenarios extreme enough. Like, hey, I, I mean, there was a movie like a robot comes back in time to kill somebody and there's AI and like, yeah, I forget what that was called. It was a really strong guy, right? Uh, I'm being stupid. It was a Terminator reference, whatever. Uh, the, the whole point, though, is that, you know, you can come up with all kinds of dystopian futures, but pragmatically, that's probably not the, the big concern. Sure. So lots of records, lots of redundancies. So I'm not going to play that one out because it doesn't make sense. So I think what the natural segue here is if if the end result is, well, we don't really know what happens in one of these Mad Max situations. We can only go with the data that we have today. Right. And looking at, well, how how is gold actually doing or how has it done in the past? And is that any indication of how it's going to do in the future? What yeah. what roles can gold play, you know, moving forward? 
There's a there's a lot here. I'm still kicking myself because I made such a stupid reference to Terminator. Um, you can't ever let me live that down. That comes back later to haunt me forever. You think it so? It should. Who's going to haunt you with that? It was that stupid. Oh. Are you kidding me? All right, look. Here's what we're going to do. We're going to grab the last of Seed Profit Break. When we come back, we're going to talk about... All right, we've talked about the history of gold. We've talked about the pros and cons. We've talked about the end of the world. Uh Let's talk about is it, done with is it a good investment? What might it look like as an investment in our portfolio? Sure. That when we come back. I'm Dave Littlejohn. And Matt Dixon. And you got True Wealth on News Radio 939 FM and 1240 KQEN. All right, gang. Welcome back to the home stretch of the True Wealth Radio Show, where I am Dave Littlejohn, same as when we started the show. And also in studio with me, the same, Matt Dixon. Okay, we're all glad we got that out of the way. Hey, we have been talking about gold this program, and we want to get into some of the like the, the real life application. We talked about the end of the world. We talked mm-hmm. about um, the, the pros and cons of gold, and it's not without uh, its uh, issues here. But that's not what a lot of you care about. You're like, look, get to should I buy some or not? And here's the thing. First. I can't give you that recommendation on an individual level. Right? Sure. See me after class if you want to talk about whether or not it's, it's Ooh, the right thing for you. How do they see you after class? Uh, so you can reach out to our office, uh, 541-375-0898, or you can check out the webpage. Go to littlejohnfs.com, and there's lots of ways, including email, and you can drop in on the, the chat bot or lots of ways to, to reach us. You love how I'm always figuring out a way to plug us in there, aren't Yeah, you, you know, we're just at the point of we are we – are, um, not everybody becomes a client, but nope. if, if you're interested, or certainly a second opinion, uh, anybody can have a second opinion. Uh, we, we're in, in growth mode. Yeah, right? you know, we're 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 bringing in uh, new clients, but it's for the right fit, mm-hmm. right? I mean, I think that's important. Is it's got to be the right fit for you? You know, I'm so I think it's so important that you find somebody that you can work with, that you trust, that communicates clearly with you. Uh, that maybe doesn't make stupid Terminator references in their radio show. Mm-hmm. I, I don't know about that. <laughs> that was very questionable. Um, Matt, yes. let's talk about the role that gold could actually play in somebody's investment for, for, for a minute here. Um, could, right? Again, not yeah. advice, but just put that aside. Our, our lawyers remind us we got to say that. So don't, uh, you know, always, always well, check the data. You know, don't just take our word for it. Double mm-hmm. check it. But here we go. I guess if someone wanted something that was very low correlation to the stock market, they could consider something like gold. So the, the term correlation, yeah. I know what that means because we use it all the time in our right. business. But can you help our listeners? Like just simple that terms, the market's going up, X, Y, Z is going up. The market's going down, X, Y, Z is going down. That's a high correlation. Okay, right? so two things. Like I always yeah. like Home Depot and Lowe's. They're really similar. So they're right. highly correlated. Yeah, um, but gold, historically... You know, it doesn't care what the market's doing, right? Okay. Like, the correlation isn't real high between the two. So if you wanted to be invested in something that isn't stocks and bonds, you might look at gold. Yeah, I think this is important to consider. Uh, it's a conversation that's growing because correlations getting harder to low correlations getting harder to find because almost everything these days seems to track the index, right? More so. Yeah, right? we're seeing um, more correlation across traditional asset classes. My suspicion is it just has to do with access, right? Because it's so much easier to buy stuff that that everything trades a little bit more and it's a little bit more herd mentality. So 
Uh, it used to be that stocks and bonds were fairly low correlation. They're much higher correlation now. Mm-hmm. And so then you saw the introduction of alternative asset classes as a way to introduce low correlation back into the equation. Think but even I, that, yeah. yeah. Well, so I always look at it this way. It's like, imagine if you had a pier at the beach, okay? And it's, it's going out into the water and you got this, and there's all these pylons holding the pier up, okay? And you have a big storm that comes through, okay? That storm may crash on that pier, but does it destroy every single pylon? Well, right. if it's a hard, big enough storm, maybe. But if it's a boat that comes through and smashes into the side of the pier, it may break one or two pylons, but the pier probably survives. It's damaged, but it survives and it's repairable because the other piers hold it up, right? And this is how diversification works. It's like if you have the whole system is bad, like a storm comes through and hits everything, it may take the whole pier out. But if it's just an event that comes through, it may take out parts of it. So that's why you want good diversification. But diversification only works if it's low correlation, right? So that means the peers can't be right next to each other, right? I've, I've taken this to its lo- as far as I can go with the analogy. You get the idea, mm-hmm. right? Home Depot and Lowe's, if something hits hardware sector, it hits both of them. Right. Home Depot and Boeing are different. Uh, Boeing and gold and Home Depot are all different. Right. Like, but, but here's the weird part about gold, right? Matt, what does gold do? I mean... That's a great question. It's a, it's a way that you can, kind of, I, yeah. Y- it's a trick question. I don't have any. Nothing. I don't have a use for it. But yeah. like maybe if I was found I mean, someone who jewelry or something. Sure. Right? I mean, there's that. Yeah. But like it doesn't make something. No. It doesn't have earnings. Right. Like how do you value gold? compared to like the stock market. Right, like a company, it's gonna maybe build some revenue or have sales and grow. Yes. But like gold so is just a thing. in a company expecting it to grow and produce, yeah. an, produce an outcome and, and increase that outcome. Mm-hmm. But gold doesn't really do that. No, and you know, you and I obviously looked up some statistics right. um, at work before we came here and I, I actually really wanna share that with, with the listeners. So. Let's take a 10-year look at just the broad stock market, the S&P 500, the 500 largest companies in the U.S., mm-hmm. and let's compare that to gold. And if you were to invest in the stock market versus mm-hmm. gold over 10 years, what would your return be today? So the S&P 500 would have yielded you 154%. Gold, 51%. Ooh. So do the numbers. 103% more return from the stock market. And then someone's going to say, well, that's just 10 years ago. Okay, okay. Let's look back even well, farther. I'm just going to like one key data point. There was this snapshot in time in recent enough memory that some people really think like this, right before 2008, when this, the housing prices of everything mm-hmm. were like going nuclear before the, the housing collapse in the bubble of 2008, Gold shot up from like 2005 to 2011 or something. Yep, there's or, that run. There's a little like run there. It shot up huge. And that's probably what sparked a lot of attention for gold. Yeah. And, and and then what a lot of people don't realize is it fell almost 50% after that point. Ah, uh, see? You got to look at the whole picture. Let's right. look at the whole picture. Right. Let's go back to the last 10 years, gold has underperformed the stock market severely but if you yeah. looked at that period from like 2000 to 2010 gold actually outperformed in that right. segment against the s p 500 i believe we didn't actually sure. check those exact dates but i'm pretty sure gold outperformed but if you look at that on a a consistent basis we'll give the other stat yeah let's back go to back to 1960 okay. 1960 to 2023 here we are today yeah s p 500 
7,094%. And then gold, 5,165%. So a difference of 1,929% more yield that you got out of the S&P 500. Yeah, and I'm not sure if the numbers, uh, if the percentages are accurate on that. Um, I don't think you could just subtract them, but here's the thing. Uh, materially higher return over that 63-year period in the stock market compared to gold. Like materially higher. Yeah. You're talking orders of magnitude where um, I think it started with $35. So $35 in both gold and the S&P 500. At the end of 63 years, $35 was worth over 7000 for the S&P. Mm-hmm. It was worth about 5000 for gold. Right. That's okay. a material difference. Yeah. So so that, that difference of $2,000 in value, I don't think it was 1,900% or whatever, um, unless you're talking about based on the original $35. Right. right? On That's, the original $35, yeah. it's orders of magnitude more. Mm-hmm. But in terms of absolute dollars, it's like 35% more raw return and pays dividends. Mm-hmm. Right. So it's this kind of points to where... I think we are with a lot of things, which is uh, the stock market throws money off. Gold is a proxy. It's historically been an inflation hedge. That's usually what makes it more attractive. It's very low correlation, so it can have a position in the portfolio. Because of time, I'm just going to kind of sum a few things up really quickly. Okay. One of them about gold is, um, does it have a place in your portfolio? Maybe. I just don't think it needs to have a huge percentage. It so like for the person else. who's like, hey, I'm going to convert everything 100% yeah, to gold. No, I think that's <laughs> a really terrible idea. Like, you know, you add 5 even 10% into your mix, then it's a diversifier and it can help dampen volatility. Right, so if the 10% loses 50%, you're still... Yeah, yeah. I mean, you're, you're exposed to, you know, if you lose half of 10% position, you lost 5% of the total pot. Right. right? It's you can survive that. that. You can survive that. You can. But, but what if you lose 50% of your entire net worth? Exactly. That's, Yikes. that's why Yikes. I think it's part of a strategy, but it's not the whole strategy. What if someone wants to talk to you about stocks, bonds, gold, and all the rest, David? Give us a call, 541-375-0898. Also, check out info at littlejohnfs.com. Uh, grab the podcast, tell a friend, all that good stuff. But until now, until then, we're out of time. I'm Dave Littlejohn. And Matt Dixon. And you've been listening to True Wealth. The preceding program was paid for by Littlejohn Financial Services. The opinions and views expressed may not reflect those of Brook Communications, its affiliates, or its employees.